And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll discuss a couple of struggling closers and break down a beefy selection of pitching streamers. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. I have not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, June 24th, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. I'm joined here by Michael Beller. And Michael, we're going to start off with uh, an injury that certainly might have some people concerned, but it also comes with, I think, what should be the quote of the day. So uh, Ronald Acuna <laughs> Jr. scratched before the uh, Braves game. Uh, on Wednesday with back tightness. He could return as soon as Thursday. Might not be a big deal. And Brian, uh, Brian Snicker said, we get in these different hotels and the beds are different. So pitchers can't stop uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., but the hotel bed maybe can. Hey, we've all been there, right? Everyone's had this experience. <laughs> it's something we can to- It's one of the few things that a Major League Baseball superstar has done in recent memory that we can totally identify with. So, uh, yeah, hopefully this is just a short-term thing, and that's all that it is, and that's an easy explanation. And Acuna's back in there Thursday, Friday, sometime over the weekend. Yeah, hopefully. And, yeah, I agree. Totally relatable. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah, we hope he'll be back soon. Uh, Brandon Belt leaving the Giants game on Wednesday with a right knee injury. He'll have an MRI on Thursday. And if you're thinking, well, Lamont Wade Jr., he got sent down, maybe he'll be the answer. Maybe in the short term, maybe not. But uh, Tommy LaStella started a rehab assignment with AAA Sacramento on Tuesday. So perhaps he will be back soon and maybe uh, taking some reps at first base. That situation looks pretty wide open right now. Uh, Aaron Savali is going to be out four to five weeks with his sprained middle finger. In what leagues can we now drop him, Michael? Um, man, I mean, four to five weeks is a long time. If you're really thinking about dropping him, I would say you that that's fine. Like, I, like I, I don't love stashing a guy for that long. So if you really are hard up for roster spots, I would say it's fine to drop him. Uh, would that include 15-team leagues where, you know, as much good pitching as there is this year, sometimes I, I just don't think when you're find. talking about – when you're talking about a guy who obviously has – Big time fantasy value. There's no cookie cutter answer to this, uh, no matter the size of the league. If you really feel like you need the roster spot, four to five weeks is a long time to wait for someone. All right. Yeah. True enough. Yeah. One size does not fit all. Uh, some Mets notes here. Uh, Mets are not planning, at least for the time being, to put Marcus Stroman on the IL. He is dealing with a sore hip. Did have an MRI that turned up negative. So good development there. And in another Mets development, Michael Conforto was activated on Wednesday and played. And uh, Mets having something close to a normal, full-looking lineup. Uh, also, Cody Bellinger and Kyle Tucker 
activated off the IL. Those were both pretty much expected as well. Danny Duffy activated on Wednesday, pitched just two innings against the Yankees, but did not give up any runs. And to make room for Duffy, the Royals optioned Jackson Coar. Uh, another call-up for the Royals that just didn't work out. Um, maybe we'll see him later in the year. We did see Keston Hira back with the Brewers. He was called up, and he played on Wednesday. And a few uh, closer notes here. Well, this first one's really a former closer note. Diamondbacks designating St- uh, Stefan Crichton for assignment. Uh, of course, that closer situation's just been a mess pretty much all season long. Yankees situation obviously has been very stable, but Raldis Chapman blowing a save against the Royals did get the win in that one. But uh, he's been a little shaky for uh, for a couple of weeks now. Since June 10th, he's thrown five and a third innings, given up 12 hits and eight runs, seven of them earned, and has walked five batters. So he has gotten four saves over the last two weeks, but he's also blown two saves and take, taken two losses. And I, I want to preface this a little bit, Michael, because with somebody like Chapman, you figure, okay, everybody hits a bump in the road. This guy's got you know, a very stable uh, role with the Yankees. But we've seen this before with Chapman where he is just cruising for months and then sometimes associated with an injury, sometimes not. Uh, he will have a really rough patch and sometimes even get demoted to to a setup role uh, for a brief period. And with Zach Britton back, I, I don't think that's completely unthinkable. I don't think it is either just because we've seen it from this team before, right? That we've seen them willing to pull that trigger. We've seen Aaron Boone willing to make that move. Uh, it's always been a short-term thing. So I do think it has to be in the back of your mind, but I don't think you should be long-term concerned about a Roldis Chapman. Uh, it's just a little bit of a rough patch. This is something we've seen from him before. I would still bet on him being a top two or three closer the rest of the season. All right. And then uh, the reason why Chapman did get the win in that one is because Greg Holland on the Royals side did blow the save, uh, gave up the game tying home run to Gary Sanchez and then the game winning hit to Luke Voigt. Uh, So Holland's kind of been the guy there lately for the Royals. Um, Josh Stamont and um, Scott Barlow both pitching to set him up. Um, I, I know we've been back and forth with this Royal situation all season long, but do you see this this one moving in a different direction again? I don't think so. This has been, you know, a, a bullpen that outside of what a few weeks of Stamont earlier in the season, there's really hasn't been a, a someone who we can count on close or uh, um, save situation in and save situation out. I don't think they would go away from Holland just because of this, but I don't know. Scott Barlow seems like he's been the best reliever in that bullpen uh, this season. So it wouldn't shock me to see him eventually take over. Yeah, I agree on that. And as somebody who's stashed Barlow, the situation is a little frustrating, but it's still early, uh, you know, and yeah, with the trade deadline coming up and everything, maybe he still gets his shot at some point. And uh, kind of an interesting development in Texas, Julie Rodriguez getting the save against Oakland. Uh, Ian Kennedy appeared to be available. So any thoughts or explanations on this one? No, <laughs> I mean, we just, you know, so this is this is going to happen. This is going to happen some at t- times during the season. Clearly, the Rangers want to be showcasing Ian Kennedy to be able to trade Ian Kennedy. So I don't think that we see a closer change here until and unless Kennedy gets traded. All right. I guess if there's another takeaway here, it's maybe that and not, you know, not that we wouldn't have anticipated this anyways, but maybe Rodriguez gets the role later in yeah. the year. So something to to just think about. 
All right, well, let's uh, take a look at a few of the other performances from Wednesday from uh, hitters and starting pitchers. So, um, Dolis Garcia, we talked about him eh, maybe about a week ago. I had a little bit of concern that he had really started to slow down in terms of his overall production. Uh, you said not to worry, and you were right. Uh <laughs> So a couple of homers on Wednesday against uh, Oakland. That's now 20 on the season for Garcia. He has six for his last 15 with three homers. So yeah, he seems to have righted the ship. But his teammate, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, with an 0 for in that game, 0 for 4 with a strikeout. He's now 7 for his last 39. So are you going to be able to be reassuring with this Texas Ranger? Yes, I am, especially in the fantasy <laughs> world since the guy steals a ton of bases and does it with all the multi-position eligibility that he does. But, I mean, come on, Al, you know this. I mean, how many guys have a 7-for-39 stretch at some point during the season? Literally every single one of them. So, you know, whatever. This is just kind of for time to have this sort of stretch. He's going to be fine. Maybe a bad hotel bed. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say I, I included him. Yeah, everybody has a stretch like this. I included him because I, I have had some skepticism over over the course of the season. So, uh, but yeah, we'll uh, keep the faith. Uh, Josh Bell, somebody that we should have kept the faith in earlier this year, just a horrible start that seemed like it was never going to end. And it did. And he went two for four with a grand slam. That's his 10th home run of the season at Philadelphia on Wednesday since the 13th of May. I mean, that felt like an eternity getting to mid-May with Josh Bell. But since then, a 291-355-18 slash line. And I guess the only question with Bell is just, who is this guy uh, <laughs> production-wise? Because he's had these large chunks of extreme performance. He seems to be uh, now uh, trending towards uh, some some excellent performance. I think that's who he is. I think his skill set is going to naturally uh, expose him to being a guy who goes from extreme to extreme. That's just the, the sort of player he is. What I will find interesting is you know, what happens over the next month with the Nationals. And are they buyers? Are they sellers? Are they stand patters? You know, just three, three and a half games behind the Mets in the NL East. So this is still a team talented enough to make a playoff run. I will be very interested to watch them. And if they do end up becoming sellers, who ends up being on the block? Josh Bell could be one of those players. All right, we'll just highlight a couple of pitchers here. Who their, their overall results have actually been pretty good lately, but there's just some underlying numbers that I think we need to pay attention to. Trevor Bauer, six innings uh, at San Diego, three runs uh, on five hits and four walks. And it's the walks I want to focus on. Did get 10 strikeouts. But over his last seven starts, 44 in a third innings, but 22 walks, also 52 strikeouts. But the whip has uh, been 1.26 over that period, which is certainly much higher than you would want or expect from Trevor Bauer. Hour. Rich Hill, his fifth straight uh, start that was no more than five innings. He too, uh, he walked five batters in that. So walks maybe a little concern for him too. 12 in his last 24 and two thirds. So Bauer and Hill, any concerns, even though the overall numbers have not been bad. Yeah, and that's, that's the key, right, is that these guys have both had a little bit lesser performance than we would expect from them, especially Bauer. But even in that lesser performance, the overall numbers haven't been bad, so I'm not too concerned about either of them long-term. Maybe Hill, just because of the age and the fact that he already isn't going deep into games, so if now we have a trend of him you know, being a five-and-dive sort of pitcher, there's a little bit of a limited upside in the fantasy world there, but I'm not too concerned about either of these guys just yet. All right, so you think that Bauer will stick as a top pitcher? Um, Yeah, like a top 10 pitcher, top 12 pitcher. Yeah, I think he will. All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's go on to the streamers for Thursday. Uh, We've got one streamer versus streamer, potentially Joe Ross and Cody Petit in the Nationals-Marlins game. We've got Jamison Tyone with a pretty nice matchup against the Royals. Colby Allard's pitched very well lately. He gets the Athletics. Carlos Martinez, very inconsistent this year, but with the start against the Pirates, maybe we see the good Carlos Martinez and Zach Davies with a tough start at the Dodgers. And then just to wind up this list, Tony Santion uh, against the Braves. So let me recap here. Ross, Poteet, Tyone, Allard, Carlos Martinez, Zach Davies, Tony Santian, uh, anybody you like to stream. Yeah, there's a few guys on here. Tyone and Joe Ross immediately jump out at me. They would be my first two choices here. I think I would lean, and then uh, the next two I would look at are Kobe Allard and and Carlos Martinez, and that is purely a one guy's pitching well, one guy's got a great matchup. I usually tend to favor the guy who's pitching well, but I'm still thinking Tyone and Ross are way ahead of the pack here. All right, looking good. And then uh, speaking of looking good, Let's go to the stock watch and start with a couple of players who are on the upswing. Uh, Jake Cronenworth, big game against uh, the Dodgers on Wednesday, uh, including his homer uh, that made it three straight games with a home run. He is now homered in four of his last five, five of his last eight games. And over that eight game stretch, he's batting 407 with seven barrels. That is locked in. Um so I know Cronenworth is not somebody you're really going to be able to pick up except maybe in like a 10 team league. So, I mean, should he be picked up there? And on the flip side of this, is this a sell high moment? I suppose it is. Um, I definitely should be added in 10 team leagues if he can be. Um, but I don't know. I, I love being involved with this uh, San Diego offense. So I would be making sure that I am valuing that as part of what Jay Cronenworth brings to the table if I was putting him out there in trade discussions. All right. Now the up on the pitching side here is is a little bit uh, maybe it looks a little bit suspect, but Eduardo Rodriguez not good surface stats a 7.20 ERA this month, but the peripherals have been really good. 30% strikeout rate, um, a decent home run rate 1.35, but uh, he's stranding fewer than half of his base runners. So you know what do you do at this point uh, in in terms of uh, having some some trust in Rodriguez? Yeah, I, I, I just, I just don't know. I, I like, I, I just, I mean, that that's a ridiculous strand, right? And obviously, we know that that's going to turn around. But there's just been too many negative signs tied to him this season. Uh, he is not someone who I am necessarily betting on a second half bounce back from. Okay, and a couple of players on the downswing: Jazz Chisholm Jr. Five for his last 40 with no homers, just one steal, 13 strikeouts, which is actually a fairly normal rate for him. Uh, but it's not as if he's having a ton of bad luck either. So is this, you know, just uh, the the majors adjusting to him, uh, you know, after a surprisingly great start? Yes, indeed. And now he'll adjust back. I, we got to have confidence in a guy like Jazz Chisholm that he's going to be able to adjust to the adjustments. It's going to take some time. It's already taken some time, but I don't think we should be shocked to see a five for 40 stretch in here after the start he had to the season and this being his first real time in the majors. So I have plenty of confidence that he's going to be someone who is able to make those necessary adjustments and get somewhere back to where he was earlier in the season. 
Alrighty, and then we'll wind up here with Casey Mize, who's not pitched terribly, but definitely uh, a cut below where he had been. Uh, his last uh, three starts, uh, just 13 strikeouts and 17 and two-thirds with a 4.58 ERA. But really the biggest reason why he's down on the stock watch is because he's on the verge of having his workload limited. Uh, there was a recent piece in the Detroit Free Press by Evan Petzold that said that this, this is coming soon. We knew it was coming at some point. So do you just beat the rush and drop them now to make room for somebody? Or do you wait and see how this plays out? I would probably wait and see. I would probably wait and see what coming soon means. But once we get some real signs of his innings getting limited, he is someone who I think can be on the chopping block if you're making moves. All right. So uh, something to consider there as we get towards the end of the week. But that's going to be all for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. And we would just ask that if you do have a moment, uh, go ahead and rate this podcast, uh, write up a a review. Uh, We would really, really appreciate it if you do that. I'm M. Elkier. And for Michael Beller, we'll be back here on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.